Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me is my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Good evening. With a killer drag racing shirt on. That I don't you can't see that nobody can see because we're not on YouTube not yet. On YouTube. We'll yeah. probably be we'll probably be on YouTube around uh, Sizzler time. Uh, and with us on the line, as usual, is our Florida Connection certified Florida man, Phil Jakes. You oh. can't get rid of me, but sometimes I wish you would. If I hear this guy's out of tune guitar again, I swear to God. Oh, there it is. I'm so sorry. I cannot sleep. Cannot dream tonight. Oh, that's pretty bad. No, it's not half terrible. I mean, it has potential. Yeah, his voice is all right. But the guitar is out of tune, and it's freaking killing my OCD right now. It's flat. Very flat. Okay, I can't stand his hair anymore. It's about as flat as his emo. Never mind. No, no, we're not going there. Yeah, we'll stay out of it. Right. So we usually start off our episodes with personal updates, and guess what? For the first time in 2022, I was actually in a race car. I was waiting a slow clap, but that's not coming because. Um, it wasn't there. We didn't get enough show prep done. You just made that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Because we didn't actually race. Wah wah. Yeah. Okay, I got one there. Yeah, um, we didn't race. Uh, I kind of had a plan going into this weekend. I was like, okay, I'll practice on Saturday. That way I don't have to burn two days off at work, and I can save it for later in the year. And I'll just go on Sunday because they have individual gate pricing, which is awesome, by the way. And I figured I would just go once on Friday, go on Sunday, be done with it, and go home. That didn't work out that way because the way the weather was, people were spreading rumors, I suppose, about because it was completely unfounded, about them trying to squeeze a show in on Saturday. So I sent a quick text to work and said, hey, the potential exists for us to run tomorrow, even though I haven't heard anything official. And that essentially snowballed into me getting the day off that I didn't really want to take personal problems i guess doesn't matter to you guys but uh so i went on saturday and practiced the car and to be fair it'll show up later in the show when we go over the thompson results actually you know since it's pertinent we'll probably do it right now but um that i didn't actually stick around for the features because i got there early and the wind was horrible in the pits i got frozen my eyes dry out really bad and I got back to my car, and they felt like they were on fire. I'm like, ow, this freaking hurts. Every year I sit that I've been down here, I sit and I go, oh, man, I miss going to the icebreaker. And then I hear stories like that, and I'm like, no, nope, don't miss it. No, if they, you know, I don't like scheduling anything for racing in April. Can we just start May 1st? That would be great. Well, like, every, as I'm getting older, I just you're sicker. It doesn't of being matter cold. what racetrack it's on because the speedball has 
started in the first week of April numerous times. Yeah, and I froze my ass off every time. But Riverside no races start in March. Yeah, no, I don't know how they pulled that off. Yeah, no race has ever been run on the first week of April. I'm sorry, but because there just never has rains. because it always rains. Yeah, it's almost guaranteed you're guaranteed to have rain on race day on the first week or of snow. April or snow. We've had both. Or snow. We've had both. There is some form of precipitation on the first weekend of April. That's just New England. It always the April happens. Storm. It That's always right. happens. So Friday we had spitting rain. It wasn't too, too bad. Nothing in that we had to like dry the track off for. Missed like 20, 25 minutes of one practice. Not a big deal. Um, but Friday, quite eventful for me because I've been chasing this car since last year. And uh, having no luck getting it to do what I wanted it to. And we, I think we went out for the first practice, right? Mm-hmm. And it was okay, but the engine was breaking up all the way down the straightaway. And I'm like, oh, good. We're going to start the year off with problems already. So I think we made one change, right? We changed the base of the distributor out or something. Changed the whole thing. Yeah, we changed everything but the cap and coil, basically. We left the spark plug wires attached and just changed the bottom part. So we changed that out, and I go out for another practice, and it is trash. Like, it's worse. And I think we burned a practice changing it. I forgot what we did. I forgot the entire, whatever we did. We missed one practice, but we got three in, I think. And... uh the third time was the charm. We finally got the whole thing fixed. So I don't know what's wrong with my car, but I can't stop chucking ignition parts, uh, especially distributor parts. I don't know what it is, but it just every year I throw something. I break something, burn something. I don't know what it is. But we got that fixed, and the car was decent. We were running some pretty good lap times. I was trying to make it more consistent because, I mean, I, I'm not a hot lapper. I just practice race pace. Uh, so I was doing that. And then Saturday, nobody else could make it, but me. So I just went up and I had an idea to try to build bite into the car and I changed a part out and we went out on the track and tried it and it was a little bit better. And, uh, I again said, okay, I'm done here. And I loaded it up cause I didn't want to waste any more tires and said, okay, practice is over. And I'm just going to wait until Sunday. Well, they canceled Sunday. So it can't rain all the time. Yeah. It <laughs> Ooh, the crow. <laughs> Your job will be to tell the rest of them that death is coming for them. Oh, my. Tonight. <laughs> Good God. Oh, my. <laughs> Things just got, got dark. dark early. <laughs> I wish his voice was a little deeper when he said that because it didn't. It just doesn't sell it for me. Um, but, no, we actually went to the banquet, and uh, we did that Friday night. And I know I skipped over it, but I got to at least remember a little bit. But um, we had, I think I had three tickets. So I brought my brother, my uncle, and myself up. A couple notes about that. I just felt like I had to mention. Uh, They only made trophies for those who bought tickets, which that's fair. If you're going to show up, you get one. Uh, I don't mind that. Um, let's see what no, else. I don't I, mind I, that at all. No, I took some notes about the banquet. Uh, the food was good. I had no problems with it. Just did you care? Food was fine. I, it's fine. What did they have for food? I was good. wondering if they were just going to do pizza and pitcher, or or if they were no, actually no. They do had like, they had like buffet items like chicken uh, with gravy and mashed yeah, potatoes. Chicken gravy, mashed potatoes, beans. Oh. Um, 
biscuits. They had uh, With some butter. Yeah, butter. And <laughs> yeah, then they gave us dessert afterwards, which was some kind of, I think it was some kind of apple crumb cake or something. I don't know. It was decent. All of it was good. I have no complaints whatsoever. Uh, nice. The beers were cold and fresh. They didn't taste bad. Uh, and I needed to the divisional horn here uh, because the limited sportsman division, which is my division, which I fawn over because I loved them since I was a child, uh, showed up with the most support of any other division at the track. Uh, we also had the best race for the title. I'm just saying. You know, I just figured I'd mention it. Because we had the, the most best division at the cl- track, we had like eight out of the ten drivers show up for the banquet. You know, eight out of the top ten. Everybody else had like two to four, but we had eight. So I'm like, all right, sportsman division has the most support. Just figured I'd toot that horn. But yeah, it was decent. They they kept the banquet uh, quick. Nobody got to talk except for uh, the MC and the champions and. Most uh, of them kept it short. They all kept it short for the most part, and no, no did one. Did Larry? Really, yeah, what did Larry the, have to say? His usual stuff. Um, <laughs> How many times did he say seven point three or seventy three? I think once, maybe once, maybe oh once. God. I was uh, maybe. I was. I, I don't remember. I was talking to Hank. I think he's so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we again. Uh, it was a good, quick, short. You know, decently short banquet. You know, no, there was no rush to it, but it was just very efficient. So it was very well done. Um, so yeah, we did that on Friday. Again, nobody else could make it up but me on Saturday, so I took it out for one practice, like I said before. Um, I didn't stick around for the features because half of the reason was because when I drove up there, I'd left my truck and trailer there, but I drove my Crown Vic up there. And if anybody subscribes to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Brent Gleason, you'll see how I got that car and how I've built that car. Anyway, uh, so I drove that up to the track and it was having misfiring issues. And I'm like babying the thing all the way to the track because I don't feel like turning around and go home. Turns out it burned you, a coil. So I was like, you, oh, good. You and coils. I was two for two this weekend. The diesel truck didn't have a coil. It's it just runs on its own compression, so that <laughs> couldn't burn a coil in that thing. But everything I could burn a coil in, I did in my road car, in the street, in the race car, whatever it was. I I lost a coil, so half the reason was I was frozen, and I just I wanted to watch racing, but I'm like, if this wind keeps up, I'm not sticking around, and it didn't go away. And I said, you know what, I'm done here, so I'm gonna go home. So I locked the trailer up and I headed home with my limp and, you know, the car home. I drove it to O'Reilly's because I had my scan tool in it and I figured out what cylinder was bad. And I bought a tool kit and a coil and I fixed it in the parking lot and drove it home. But should have bought a coil pack and fix them all. No. <laughs> no. The, the code reader will tell me which one's bad. I'm going to fix that one because that one is bad. Okay. You didn't bother trying to switch it over to a different No, cylinder. because when I changed it, it worked. <laughs> okay. If you change it and it works, then you fixed it. Okay. Anything else happen or are you going to keep hogging the personal updates? No, because <laughs> after I went home, I, you know, I was keeping up with who won on my uh, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. And afterwards, when all the features ended, I got notification that said, hey, they canceled tomorrow. 
P.S. Your truck and trailer is still there, and you're already at home. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. I had to go and call the office to make sure I could go pick it up, and they said, yeah, just come by in the morning on Sunday, and you can come get it. We'll have the gates open. So that instead of me driving race cars on Sunday, I was going to Thompson to get my stuff back. But it was headache-free, so... And anyway, if, that's my life. Since you asked, Phil. <laughs> if anybody is interested in going to the rest of the icebreaker, it has been rescheduled to April 9th, which is this upcoming Saturday. Uh, I don't have to give you the year because we all know where we live. It is, okay, it's going to be pretty early. Uh, they say the practice was going to roll out at 1030 uh, grandstands are going to open at 11. Uh, opening ceremonies, national anthem is going to be 12.50. Qualifying starts at 1 o'clock. Everything else is to follow. Uh, they did add on the uh, mini stocks to this show. So the mini stocks are going to get an extra race here. Uh, they're going to have limited sportsmen, mini stocks, SK lights, late models, and the outlaw open modifieds for the same price as it would be for a single-day uh, ticket. The, you know, if you'd gone separately on Sunday, 40 bucks for adults, children under 12 or 10 bucks for the general admission, 50 bucks to get in the pits, 30 bucks for kids. So that's this upcoming Saturday. My race got delayed. So that's my personal updates for today. And what I, did the weather end up being on Sunday? Just out of curiosity. It rained a little later than I expected, but when Continuous it heavy drizzle. Yeah, when it did, it was enough to be annoying and nobody would have stuck around yeah. it wouldn't have been good so definitely i think it was definitely the right call i think the fact that uh they were shy on cars for the uh for the open modifieds may have pushed them to make the call quicker than they would have normally yeah but um if i think they're of the mindset where it's like if you're not going to get the whole show in then don't attempt because well and i agree with that and and it gives Almost like it became an open practice for a lot of people too. Yeah, it was it was nice to get some practice, and they are going to honor if you purchased a weekend ticket or a Sunday ticket ahead of time, they will honor all of them. You just have to have it with you when you go to the race this Saturday and present it at the ticket booth wherever you go in pits or grandstands. So, um, yeah, again, I'm I yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I'm curious about one other thing is what are they gonna do about Speed Fifty One? Uh they are one of the broadcast partners with the pass and I believe Speed Fifty One is going to be coming back. I, I still hope can't. they sell just a one day and they don't only honor the that two day price. I, I thought they sold one day PPV anyway. I mean I, I don't know, I didn't look because Sunday was cancelled. I don't know. I can't find any of the Saturday. I want to go buy it retroactively. I can't find anything on Speed 51. I can't find anything that the Saturday show even exists on Speed 51. That's yeah, they're a little difficult to, to navigate. Yeah, it's I like flow yeah, much better. Flow is a little bit easier. They have a lot to left. They got a lot to be desired too, but at least I could find stuff and they post whatever it is that they've, they've produced up and ready right away did you know that flow racing keeps adding nascar weekly series tracks to their schedule constantly yes i do did you know that alaska raceway park is going to be on there for this season no i did not 
That was announced oh. today. Oh, <laughs> that's fantastic! That's a beautiful that place, awesome. this is Bruce. We got to get him. That's going. such a beautiful. I went there. I went to that facility before it even had the oval track. Like when it was a drag strip, it was the most beautiful place I'd ever seen in my life. This drag strip going straight, and there's just giant mountains at the end of it. It looks like you're driving into a mountain. It's like this is awesome. They had Armco barriers, but I didn't care. I loved the view. Um, so yeah, that was a beautiful place, and I, I I think that their oval program is pretty strong. So I'd love to see that. I haven't seen anything from that place except for a few pictures. So yeah, it'd be cool to see that. Flo really needs to pay us. Yeah, <laughs> for as much as we tout Flo on here, they should pay us. But if you're a short track fan, Speed Fifty One needs to hire us. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, if you're a short track racing fan. And you can't make it to a lot of places. I mean, Flow has a ton of stuff. Dirt, asphalt, they have a lot of stuff. If I don't find anything on TV, like on the weekend, I just open my Flow app and there's like 15 races on. I'm like, oh, I'll just pick what I want. You know? And they're always good. Oh, oh yeah. Anyway, moving on. Because Flow doesn't pay us enough to keep talking about them. Uh, Jesse, I have to turn this one over to you because me. Yes, because me? Uh, I heard news break earlier that Haley Deegan was involved in some kind of stalking incident. What about Phil's personal update? You missed. That's it. why he doesn't have anything going on. He just put a panard bar in his car. Oh, <laughs> okay. good to go. It's on jack stands. Yeah, I already gave it away. Sorry. All right, cool. Anyway, yeah. Did you see the thing about Haley Deegan yeah, having this, to cancel events and be because yeah, this of some, happened like yeah. three hours before airtime today? Yeah, like the video drop. Yeah, before the video drop that she's had to cancel a bunch of events because she's getting stalked. Yeah, I didn't even hear about this yet. Yeah, it's, again, it, it just dropped. Like, like she just nobody else at told, the time of the recording, it just broke out like literally two three hours ago like she didn't put it out as like a press release she put it out on her own personal youtube page and that's how she released it yeah so not that i care not a, not at all i'm not a subscriber i'm not a simp no I'm, or a stalker i don't i i it was on reddit <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was looking at uh i'd seen some commentary about the freedom 500 down there at uh the cletus mcfarland channel puts on i guess they have a bunch of youtubers and professional drivers go run a crown Vic race apparently. And, um, I'd heard that she was supposed to be on it and, uh, like with her dad and didn't go and had to cancel last minute. And people were kind of like, what did she cancel for? And this and that. And then I I did notice she was absent from that all of a sudden. I didn't know why I read some commentary about, (laughs) uh, stalking. And then I looked it up and I'm like, Oh, this isn't good. No, the FBI is involved with it and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I mean, you get when you're a famous uh, female, uh, you really gotta take it seriously, mm-hmm. and there is no. There's so much precedent for that. Yeah, there is there is no way that you can't take it seriously given past circumstances. Um, <sighs> yeah, apparently, what apparently the story will run it down for you. Yeah, because I don't think anybody it. really knows what's going on. Since you're waiting for it, I mean, if you don't watch the video or whatever, anyway, this. Some dude that's like 36 years old who's had like prior convictions. So you already know he's. Felony convictions or? Uh, rest records anyway. Eh. Don't know his name. Still but, kind of a shitbag. But still kind of. Yeah, and probably, probably if he's going to be a stalker, 
probably a little on the insane side. Guess what? We haven't had a war on we've had a war on drugs, we've had a war on terrorism. Terrorism, but we've never had a war on friggin' mental health. So uh it's because you can't actually kill them. Yeah, why? Because you can't <laughs> kill brown people. Is that why we haven't had a war on it? Yeah. What? Anyway, so this guy gets catfished by a fake account claiming to be Haley Deegan. Claiming to be Haley Deegan. There's no blue check mark. There's no nothing. And usually, a lot of these, they, a lot of these things are a way to extort money from them. Basically. Yeah, that's, a, that's one of those scams that goes around a lot. Yeah, you see, and they, they, oh, you're my boyfriend, and blah blah blah, and her, she's got a boyfriend. His name is Chase or something. And it's like, yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I need you to be my boyfriend because Chase beats me and broke my jaw or something, and all kinds of crazy stuff. Jeez. And so, yeah, so the guy just... Usually it's you won this lottery in some different country so and the, you'd please send money. So this crazy guy <laughs> thinks that thinks that Haley Deegan is in love with him. I mean, she's clearly not. Yeah, random guy that's on the internet. And then he's on the... then. He, so now he's all jealous about, uh, about uh, you know, a person that she's... A famous woman that he's never met that's taken money from him so he's so he's emotionally and financially invested in a woman that doesn't even know what the hell he is so he's made threats on social media he have you lo- have you mentioned the word catfished yes okay i'm sorry yeah first thing catfished by fake oh account. okay i'm sorry i missed that's that okay and is mtv gonna put out an episode oh god they'd make money on that I hope so. Maybe they can hire the Jersey Shore guys as like Most bodyguards or something. They're Italians too. They'll get along. They're paisan, so whatever. Ew. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, the guy lives down by David Gillen Racing and whatnot, down by the shop, apparently. So, I mean, let's talk about a couple other like stalking things because it's like really, really kind of scary. Like there's this there was this girl in the 1989. Her name was Rebecca Schaefer. And she was on a CBS show called My Sister Sam. And she and this guy was some, uh, what do you call those things? Incels? I would that say. Are prob- that are mentally ill and involuntary celibate. And yeah, he was I'd just, call him that, yeah. He was just so obsessed with this this poor woman. And he ended up wanting to meet. He ended up wanting to meet her and stuff. And she, he ended up finding her address. And then he saw some part in a a different motion picture, or something or something where she was like performing a sex scene. And her crime, a quote unquote crime, was losing her innocence. And that's what he was. That's what he he went and found oh, her I on the DOT that search from a DOT search in it and stuff and shot her because like, yeah, you shouldn't have done that scene. And he, she didn't even know anything about this guy. That's how careful you have to be. I mean, how this is a freaking lunatic. And then there is also the famous John Hinckley jr. Case where he was all wrapped up in a 14 year old Jody Foster who was doing a part for yeah, taxi driver, old. you know, which is disgusting. Goddamn okay, whack so, job. So he's after a freshman, you know, and, and, this, he says, "Oh, you know, nineteen eighty-one. He's all schizoed out. It's like, oh, maybe if I shoot President Reagan, she'll love me and stuff." So, yeah, let me impress her with my uh, murder. 
attempt. Yeah, so give me a break. I mean, yeah, she only didn't heard I of him ask- because she wrote he wrote her a lot of letters and stuff, and she just threw him away. But didn't that asshole just get out of prison like a few years ago or something? Or was uh, he up no, for he's, parole? He's serving life, bro. He ain't getting out. Oh, was he up for parole then? No, no, he got stabbed in two thousand seven. Like, is that a what it was? Shit, lot of times. I don't know. I heard no. some. I heard something about him a long maybe time ago. Maybe they're always up for parole. I mean, sometimes maybe they are, but I, I don't know. But anyway, so the scariest thing about social media w- when it comes to this thing is that there's fake accounts that are going out and antagonizing the crazy people, posing as people as real people, but they aren't. I mean. Think about with like these cases back in the seventies and eighties and stuff. They didn't have any kind of the amount of attention or the or the amount of access that they had to people. And that and with all the social media, it's it's a un. We're in uncharted territory with this. So Haley Dean's yeah, back really got to be careful with this stuff. I do not want to see what crazy people are capable of anything. Yeah, back in the day, you had to be really just mentally ill. Now you can be like. I gotta take a break. I don't know, driven insane or something. What the hell? Because that's just nuts. So it is. It is disgusting. Yeah, people are just weird, man. I mean, I've never obviously been famous enough to really understand it, but it's it's one of those things where I don't like dealing with normal people. I can't imagine dealing with crazy people like that. That's just got to be infuriating and frightening if you're that kind of person. Like if you're a small woman like her. Uh, I just hope it it doesn't cause her to step back on her social media presence or uh, her YouTube presence and hurt her brand. No, I think that these the problem is is when it comes to these social media things where people are making fake accounts, it's that the volume of these that are happening is I think it's actually quite massive, and I don't think that the platforms are equipped to deal with that the right way. Like they. They don't have a decent enough verification uh, process to figure out who's real and who isn't. And when it comes to figuring out who's real and who's not to get rid of the fake ones, I think they really fail on that as well. I've heard stories of uh, people getting their or themselves copied by somebody and they put in the request to get those other people off of the platform and they themselves are the ones thrown off the platform because they think they're the ones that are fake. It's like <laughs> that's, unbelievable. It's like that's the exact opposite of how it's supposed to work. Absolutely unbelievable. Well, no, it is believable. <laughs> it's, it is completely believable. Remember, yeah. these are the people that have quote unquote fact checkers. So just remember that. Um, we won't go that direction right now. We won't go. Don't say gay. Would you say? I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know what i'm talking about um you should actually read the bill and if you're actually upset about it then i question your motives so <laughs> it's, too, it's i i can't believe the amount of people that went off the deep end over that it's just typical liberal propaganda that's all it really is all right moving on no political talk on this show um <laughs> yes race car We'll move on. <laughs> okay, how about something a little bit more fun? I should probably wait till Jesse gets back for this, but um, you know what I really should do to fill time before Jesse gets back? Because I, this this next topic is one that I really want to talk to him about, but he's not here, so I'm going to wait. 
Um, I'll just go through the – I should go through the results from Thompson because we didn't mention that yet because I was talking about Thompson. They ran one set of features. They didn't get through the second set yet. So I might as well go through them. Again, I'm sorry, everybody. I failed. I did not stick around. Uh, I know that there were some interesting things that happened. I heard that Corey Berry got hit pretty hard in, a, I think it was a heat race for an SK. Looks like he went into I think it the, was lap one of the SK feature, I heard. Was it the feature? I believe so. Ooh, there weren't that many cars. Um, let me see. There were well, 18. Not bad for Thompson. A lot of SKs don't show up at Thompson. Um, anyway, we'll get to them. All right, so uh, Nima Lights, Todd Bertrand won that race. Uh, the SK is where Corey Berry had that crash. Um, I guess not all of them took the green or made it past the green flag. But, yeah, there were 18 cars. Um, I guess the race was pretty exciting between Stephen Kopsick, Mike Christopher Jr., and Todd Owen at the end. And Stephen Kopsick actually ended up victorious. He was, I think that's his first ever win at Thompson. I believe that's what he said. He was driving that 179 car. I believe so, yeah. That was like that last ride that uh, Teddy had at Thompson, I think. Yep. Yeah, because I was pit next to him like the last time he'd ever been to Thompson. Because uh, we had uh, garage stalls, I think, that day. Anyway. Um, Fancy. Yeah, and you know what I also noticed at Thompson? I noticed them re- uh, or they started using the old victory lane again instead of doing it on the front stretch. Really? Oh. I was wondering if they would start doing that again because I was kind of bummed out last year when they were doing it on the front stretch. There's I wanna, nothing like getting out of your car in that victory lane. I want to get. I I want to win so bad now because I love the old victory lane where you got to take that really hard right and you can't make it, so you got to back up and then you drive through there and it, it's just all rocks and it spits shit all over your car. <laughs> well, what about when you're you're done with everything in victory lane and you got to pull forward and to the left and then you back up and the only thing going through your mind when you're backing up is don't go too far. Oh, I don't care if I back into it. I'll be like, oh, there it is because my car is no, like not into it, over it. Oh, you mean over the wall? Yes. No, I always back up to the left towards the grandstands, the giant no, wall behind you. I don't. No, I don't do that because I'm not. I'm not trying to back towards the freaking. You have more track. practice than me. I only went twice. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there five times or so. so <laughs> not that many, but um, uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I'm so glad they're using that again. Even though the one time I went through there and I left my fan on, it kicked rocks up towards my radiator fan and shredded my radiator, and I had a steam bath coming out of from under the hood. It's like, yeah, that sucked. I remember but that. Always turn your fan off if you're going across Victory Lane at Thompson. That's all I got to say. All right. So, yeah, Steve Kopsick picked up his first ever Thompson win. Uh, let's see here. Pass. They ran their 75-lap race. Uh, DJ Shaw won that one. Uh, mini stocks. For local divisions, by the way, I did kind of include the car counts just to see what uh, they look like, and they're not so bad. Uh, mini stocks are up from last year. They had 17 cars show up. Uh, last year, they were in danger of even being on the card because of how little they had. But this year, they had more. And they actually, like I said, just got added to the rain date for the second half of the icebreaker on this Saturday. So um, they're I, gonna, they're I always like the mini stocks there. They, sometimes they can get strung out and get really boring. But it, it's generally, if you get a couple guys up front and they're battling, it's a really good race. They were so much better back in the early 2000s when they had a lot of diverse cars. Like they had Rich Barry and his Cavalier, and they had Mikey Vane's and his um, Volkswagen, and they had uh, 
God, they had guys in their Mustangs. I mean, just any anybody and anything could win, and it was fantastic to watch. I started coming around just just at the end of that in like 2010, 2011 when they were going away again. Yeah, which sucks because they were they were a lot of fun to watch because they used to get a whole lot more cars back then as well. But Jared Roy continues his absolute dominant streak into the 2022 season. He picked up the win there. Um, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought he got spun early, but I don't know. Uh, I wasn't there, so that's absolutely my fault for not getting the correct information out. And then they finished the night off with Exit Realty Trucks. I wanted to watch this race, but I was not willing to sit through that win because, God, I'm just I'm kind of like over it right now. <laughs> I'm just kind of over being cold. So I'm like, screw it. I'm going to go be warm. And so they had 20. Well, oh, go ahead. In fairness, you sit in a mail truck all damn day. Yeah. So you're cold all the damn time. If it's cold out, I'm cold. So, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of over being cold after eight months of being cold. Yeah, you have um, a right to complain about it. Yep. Uh, exit Realty Trucks again. 23 of them took the green, which was nice to see. I don't like their rules per se, but I'm glad that they're seeing success and having, you know, counts. That's nice. I did see an interesting incident where the 6X truck went up over the center pit wall, uh, up and over it. I've always thought that wall was incredibly short, and I've always kind of wondered why more cars didn't end up over it. I've seen a couple get on top of it, but yeah. that's the first time I've seen one go completely over. Yeah. Uh, I think it did a lot of damage to the fuel cell if I was looking at the pictures correctly because it looked like all the bars got ripped out from underneath it. It probably did a lot of damage to a lot of things underneath that truck. Oh, yeah, you start putting the weight of the vehicle on it, it's going to tear a lot of equipment up. That's pretty bad. Um, so, yeah, I, that's all we caught. That's I wish I was there kind of to get the the official notes, but I just couldn't take that shit, man. I'm too, I'm getting too old, I guess. I don't know. Uh, or I would just, how, just how many prepared. trucks were there? Did you say twenty three? Oh, that's actually a pretty impressive field. Yeah, it's actually really good. Uh, rivaling sportsman numbers at that point. I think we had. Did, uh, 20, I think we had twenty five signed in. Can't did remember. Jim Boyle win by DQ? No, Gerard Giordano won. Uh, nobody he, got nobody got DQ'd, so Jim could no, win. No, Jim Boyle did that's not win by DQ this week. So. <sighs> I think we're going to continue that joke this year. Although it is it is Monday, so I think they do Dino Day Monday. So stay tuned. Maybe he will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Where, where did he finish? I didn't look. It doesn't matter. It doesn't He'll really matter. If he's in the race, win. he could win by you know DQ. So. Yeah, this uh, is Jimmy Boyle. Anyway, Jess, I yes. saved this segment for you because you weren't here. Sorry. I but did. I wanted you here to do this. So. Yes, All right, sir. now that Jesse's here and I just finished Thompson. Uh, let's see. The World of Outlaws Ooh. makes its return to console gaming in the fall of 2022 with iRacing's Monster Games Studio. Huh. So essentially, iRacing is behind it, and they're going to probably use... And Phil's giving us a very big toilet thumbs down, apparently. Toilet um, thumbs down. It's circling. Uh, yeah, so he, again, 2022 in the fall, iRacing purchased Monster Games. So basically Monster Games is working as iRacing's, what do you call it, like console division and putting games out like that. Okay. 
So I guess, and if anybody's ever played iRacing, they'll know that it's probably one of the most, if not the most, realistic simulator that you can buy. And that's my concern. Yeah, okay, so what is it? Don't turn this into an arcade game for the love of God, please. Do not dumb it down for the simpleton users that just want NASCAR 1999 or whatever again. That brings my second point up. So... What's the best console racing game you've ever played? It's got to be Gran Turismo 6 or something. Okay. Uh, it's a pretty good game. Console? The last one I played was GTA f- or Gran-, yeah, Gran Turismo 5. No, 4. Holy crap, it's been a while. I never really thoroughly enjoyed them. Nobody mentioned Dirt to Daytona, huh? I like that one. But that it's was not, fun. It's really fun. That was a really good one. Love that game. Never played it. It's very good. Uh, I was yeah. always bougie. I always had the PC version of the games. I have the P. Yeah, I have the PC version of like Tony Stewart's the Tony Stewart's World of Outlaws stuff. Yeah, but like the I sprint said, sprint car stuff and in all the other stuff. You what know? about like Wreckfest? All American racing. Does that count? <laughs> it's an arcade game. I've never, I've never played that, and I've always wanted game. to. Wreckfest is a ton of fun. It's still a console racing game. We have, yeah. What's that one that pre- predated Wreckfest where it's like you... Burnout? Where you hit something and the guy falls out of the car. Burnout? Is it Burnout? No. No, I don't think so. It's something else. It's a precursor to Wreckfest. It's made by the same people. It's essentially the same thing except your limp body doesn't come flying out of the car when you crash too hard. That game was essentially Wreckfest, but it was still fun. Uh, I can remember being a kid and having a Sega Genesis... And I remember I woke up a couple times a little late or had to go to the bathroom at like 1 or 2 in the morning. And I would see my dad just by the glow of the television screen. And he would be playing on the Sega Genesis without us kids knowing Mario and Dreddy Racing. Do you remember this? Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was, it was a really good game. It had like sprint cars in it, like wing, what wingless sprint cars, right? And like indie cars, mm-hmm. I forget what else it had. Stock cars, and they had stock cars. All right, yeah. Apparently, my dad used to play that when we went to bed. <laughs> but yeah, I can't really off the cuff think of what my best console racing game could be. I mean, you think about it, it's like oh NASCAR Heat for EA, it's this, that, and the other thing. It's like no, those are terrible. Yeah, those are garbage games. They're awful. Even the new NASCAR Heat, and that's. Part of my damn concern is the new NASCAR heats were terrible. It's the oh. same company, is it not? They're all horrible. No, I, I have no idea. Did 2K do any or did somebody? I can't even remember who the hell's a game company anymore. I haven't done I any thought play. Monster Games was the one that's doing the new NASCAR heat games. NHRA Countdown to the Championship is probably my second favorite. NHRA games are fun. NHRA Countdown to the Championship. Ick. It's actually really good. If the game is good, then I'll go with it. Yeah, the game is good. Game is real good. Yeah. So drag racing games aren't bad. Uh, I was thinking more along the lines of actual racing, not stuff like Need for Speed or, you know, stuff like that. It's like that doesn't really count. Yeah, I don't know. I, I never really played a whole bunch. I was always like console stuff was Halo and Grand Theft Auto for me. Basically, yeah. I mean, every once in a while I'd sneak in a game, a racing game or whatever, but... Other than that, they were all pretty trash. You always you had to go on like NR2K3 on the PC or 
or like, yeah, it was mostly because I couldn't hook my Momo steering wheel up to my my PlayStation Two. Right, you had to go onto the PC. <laughs> yeah, for a halfway decent racing game. I mean, NASCAR two thousand three was really kind of the pinnacle for a long time until uh, iRacing came out. I think. Oh, there's still there, there's a there's this cult following for that game still. There's, you know, they there's can, mods out there. It is crazy now. The people who do that just don't want to accept iRacing and don't want to pay for it because they're all losers. What about yeah. R-Factor? <laughs> R-Factor wasn't bad. But during the pandemic, Oswego Speedway had the super modifieds on. Uh, they had virtual Oswego Speedway super modifieds, which I thought was pretty sweet. Yeah, Oswego, I mean, these. that's an example of one of those things where it's like R-Factor was one of those, it's mostly, P, I think it's only PC game. Right. And it's uh, it's extremely moddable. Like, people can make mods easy for that. It's almost a, It's almost solely a moddable thing. I don't know what it is, but I used to play that a lot. That was a lot of fun. That was pretty good. Uh, yeah, and then iRacing took over, and that's just been, I, I won't play, like, any other racing game now. Oh, no, the, I can't uh, play any other racing game. The dirt games are pretty fun, I'll be honest. Like rally and stuff like that. Once the dirt series started to get into like the Jim Connor crap, I just kind of toned out. I was all done with it. And then I'm yeah. like I'm like if you want to do drifting, do drifting, but this is just like it's I don't care. I want to go if I want to go rally racing, then I want to do rally racing. You know what I mean? I don't want to do this. So, but those games are pretty fun, especially on PC. They're pretty good, but console, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Anyway, I think um, I think we're done with that one, unless anybody can think of any others. No, no, I just when when I think of console games, I just think of arcadey games, and I just don't want them to ruin what iRacing is built on. Yeah, it's bleh. Anyway, um, so that I've got hope for, but. Hopefully they allow you to do stuff like use a wheel. You know what I mean? Most most of the current games allow you to. Hope the only problem is most of these manufacturers, like the, the Fanatec stuff, you have to buy specific wheels for it now. Yeah, that's kind of sucky. Um, Just a way to get money. Yeah, it is. Oh, I was looking up my notes. Jeez, I've lost my mind. Anyway, uh, we got news uh, that, you know, we, we got word before that uh, we had cup drivers coming up to run those Grand State Pro Stock Series races. I think it was Corey LaJoy and uh, we got, Tyler Reddick. Yeah, Tyler Reddick. We got that news last week. Well, this week, uh, Brad Keselowski has entered the Vermont Governor's Cup at Thunder Road this summer. I believe, really? Yeah, I believe Ryan Priest might have competed in that last year, if I'm not mistaken. He did. Uh, yeah, and that probably will be available on Flow Racing as well, folks. Uh, That'll be really interesting to watch. I love watching Thunder Road on Flow because I can't make it like four or five hours up there every week <laughs> to go watch. Otherwise, I can't I would. honestly think of the last time Brad was in a in a super or a late late model type car. How long has it been since he's been at Penske? Fair. <laughs> now he can do what he Fair. wants. Yeah, yeah he, he writes his own checks. Right. Now he can do what he wants. Also, since that's going on, we also got news that Bobby Labonte has entered to run his Tour Modified, which is a Smart Modified, at the Spring Sizzler at Stafford. Kaboom. He didn't go to Langley. He's got to do Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Ain't that, a, ain't that a pisser, huh? 
Gonna yeah. drive right by Langley and go to Stafford. I'm pretty going. sure they canceled Langley, right? Oh yeah, they did, didn't they? They canceled Langley. Oh, they did. Yeah, because of stuff like this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I forgot uh, about that. They did. Well, whatever. They ruined all our fun. But no. Uh, speaking of mod that's gonna be fun. I can't wait to see the full driver list, but we still got what? Another month plus until they go green at the Sizzler? Matt Hirschman was surprisingly announced today we kind of all figured that was going to happen oh my almost 25 grand on the line and money matt was not registered yet wait i'm sorry what's his name money matt money Money. oh he's there that's right yeah we all figured he would be (laughs) we all knew it Okay. We all that, knew he'd be there. That wasn't really going to be a surprise. No, it's not really. I think he just won the Smart Modified Tour race that just happened this weekend. I didn't really look where they were racing. I just know that they were very good at piling up cars. Was it Caraway yeah, or South Boston? I can't remember. I think they were at South Boston, which is really seems to be a narrow little four-tenths mile or something like that. I like South Boston. I remember watching the Bush Series race there. You you like it until you have to race there on iRacing, and then yeah. I hate it. I've actually won there on iRacing. <laughs> oh, I have too. I just sucked there. Yeah, overall. whatever. And I like I like South Boston. Uh, so anyway, speaking of modifieds, modified tour was at Richmond International Raceway for the Cup Series weekend, and uh, they were also on Flow TV because or Flow Racing, I should say, and because they have all the NASCAR regional stuff on Flow with them and ARCA East West, etc. And Justin Bonsignor won the pole, and I believe he also won the race. But uh, one of the many Catalano brood, I forgot which one, he had a fantastic run. He finished second. I believe it was Tommy. That was Tommy Catalano. He had a great run all day. It's not like he limped into it either. He was there all day, and he finished second. Yeah, He was up front until 10 to go. Yeah. Yeah, I I guarantee you he learned a lot too right there because – he went really, really hard, really, really early, and I was like, "You're, you're gonna burn it up, and you're gonna fade late." And I knew it was coming. Well, but I have he a did question. An that's outstanding job. That's something that you have to learn by doing this. Absolutely. I've, every single, Absolutely. every single guy who wins in the tour right now, I've seen do the exact same thing when they were first coming in the tour. Like I watched, and I, I watched Priest you, do it. I watched Justin do it. I watched. Doug you have to do lose it. a big one before you you win a big one. Yeah, you got to figure out how to manage tires, and he'll get it. He will. Oh, if he's, absolutely. If he's yeah. running good, I said it on. I said it on Twitter. He'll win a race this year, and if he keeps running like that, he'll win multiple races this year. Question: mm-hmm. How much did the other Bonsignor have to play in that? Uh, slowing uh, Tommy Catalano's backing up to. Uh, Justin Bonsignor. I don't think at all. You don't think at all? No, I don't care. <laughs> They're not teammates. They're cousins. They're not even brothers. It looked like you blocked them a little. Gotta say. Are they Italian? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, where we'll where are they from? Uh, Riverhead area. Aren't they? Long, no, it's Long Island. Bonsignor sounds yeah, French. Yeah, they're from Long Island. Oh, if I was going to say if they're Italian, then yes, I'd say definitely. Well, they're Italian in spirit. Okay, so then definitely. <laughs> just I, I just know, based I know on what location you're talking about. I know what you're talking about, Jesse. I saw the same thing that you did. I can't judge intent based on that because it kind of looked like he just was trying to get out of the way without causing trouble. Kyle Bonsignor is no slouch. I don't think he's used to being lapped. 
<laughs> no, no, not, he's, not he's usually really. Cool. I mean, he won yeah. at Stafford. He's won there. I mean, he's yeah. no, he's no slouch. I just think he's he doesn't. A lot of guys used were letting the, the lap cars were letting the leaders pass on the inside, though, right? But I think he took the bottom. Did he? I don't even know. I wasn't. I well, didn't he, see that. Part, I think really. he went to the bottom and then went right back to the top. Really after quick, after he, to Catalano go. gave him a big shot to the bumper. I don't remember <laughs> that. Yeah, he did. Maybe. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It was a big shot to the bumper. Then he went up the racetrack. That's it. That's <laughs> it. So yeah, uh, I, that's what I saw. But uh, I was. I don't, I don't think I, that I don't mattered know. in the grand scheme of things. I though. just have I, to think about it. You know, just as uh, it could happen, I'm going to give reasonable doubt that uh, could fishy things could happen. Because uh, we're in the sports entertaining business. Oh, don't go there yet. We're oh, not, no, don't go Christ, there yet. No. <laughs> That's it. No. We'll I mean, that, that, that could have could have definitely slowed him down, but I think Justin was going to get by him either way. It could have, could have, should have, but he shouldn't, you know, move out of the way, you know? Uh, you don't get that fishy stuff, and then you don't get uh, jackasses like me talking about it on podcasts. So, that uh, seven people listen to? Yes. There you go. Yes. You know? Fair. Yeah, fair. So, uh, also, the only thing, other thing I'd, I'd have to give benefit of the doubt is that usually a lot of drivers' meetings, especially when you're on a tour race with extended laps, they tell what drivers which lane they should take when they're getting lapped. Normally they do. Since I wasn't at that driver's meeting, I don't know what was said. But, mm. you know, I hear things, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I hear things. I hear okay. things. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so... Moving on from that, I want to mention this real quick because it came out right before we went on. Uh, they released the new list of nominees for the NASCAR Hall of Fame for this year to vote on for next year's uh, induction. Uh, let's see. Do you want me to go through the list of people? We can debate. Sure. All right. So they got those three different categories. They got the modern era, they got the pioneer, and they got the landmark. Uh, let's see. We got Neil Bonnet. And we'll start with the modern era ballot. Neil Bonnet, Tim Brewer, who's new on the ballot this year, Jeff Burton, Carl Edwards, uh, Harry Gant, Harry Hyde, Matt Kenseth, who's new on the ballot this year, Larry Phillips, Ricky Rudd, and Kirk Shelmerdine. All right, so out of those names, who do you think should get in? Oh, God. (laughs) Not Carl Edwards. No, I don't think Jeff Burton either. Kenseth at least is a champion. Shelmerdine's a crew chief, so he shouldn't. Uh, Rudd was decent. Gant was decent. I think Bonnet. Rudd has a better chance than Burton and Edwards combined. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was also tougher than both of them combined. (laughs) Exactly. Rudd was a warrior. Mm -hmm. He was an old school grassroots racer. I mean, Hyde would be a, a pretty decent choice. Who's who, who, who? What do you mean, Hyde? Harry Hyde. Harry Hyde's on the ballot. Yeah, he's getting in. It's either it's between for for this list for the modern era. I'm thinking Neil Bonnet or Harry Hyde. I'm kind of deciding between those two. I'm pretty sure it's only one, right? Like one out of each category. Uh, well, one out of each the category. Pioneer one. You get one out of the modern era, then you get one out of the pioneer, then you get one out of the landmark, right? Because there's only three. Because that's what they inducted last year, so I'm just kind of going by what I see. Right. I could be wrong. I, I'd put Hyde over 
on it. Think so? I think, yeah. Even though Crew Chief, I'd say, yeah, he made a big mark on the sport. Uh, Bonnet made a big mark. I'll just leave that alone. Here's, here's, no, don't do that. Oh, man. <laughs> God. Damn it. That's my second joke Fuck this off. week and only first on no, the he, podcast. Here's how, here's how I measure it just in my head. And it's probably the wrong way to measure it, but I hear Neil Bonnet's name mentioned less than Harry Hyde's. That's fair. It is the Hall of that, Fame. That's, that's how I think about it. Well, <laughs> I think about it too, and they they talk about Harry Hyde more, but they also talk more about what he's done for the sport and innovations and and this and that and whatnot. Like, yeah, I can't disagree. Honestly, I think Harry Hyde made a bigger contribution, physically or metaphysically, I guess, uh, to the sport at this moment. You, you know what I hear talked about most with Neil Bonnet? He should have stayed retired. He should have stayed retired twice. Well, yeah, yeah but. He was retired when he flipped into the catch fence at Talladega. That's true. Anybody else remember that? Yeah, he in the thirty-one car. Yeah, yeah, the mom and pops car. Yeah, for I was like Neil, you got away with that one. I remember saying that when I was a kid. And then the next year, he's dead because he drove on Hoosiers or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's like that, that's forever. On. How I'm going to remember Neil is should have retired sooner. Should have stayed retired. Twice. Yeah. All right, so why don't we move into the Pioneer ballot since we have already made our prediction as Harry Hyde. Jesse, we should write these down and see who actually gets in. Yes. Yeah, yeah uh, Harry Hyde is guaranteed to get in. How many How many did they take out of the other categories? I think only day? one. I think only one each. Now, who's the who's on the Pioneer ballot? All right, let's go with the Pioneer ballot. we got a few names that are new on here as well. First one, Sam Ard. That's a new, pi uh, that's a new nominee. Uh, AJ Foyt, that's a new nominee. Uh, mm. Banjo Matthews, Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Herschel <coughs> Herschel McGriff and Ralph Moody. This one's tough. Okay, so I'll let you guys think first because I'm writing down our Hall of Fame 2020. Oops, I can't. I write. hate that. I hate that. Uh... Wait, go through the list one Partnerships more time. Partnerships can't go in at one on one ballot, you know? I'm Holman sorry. Holman and Moody should have gone in at once. Yeah. They really should have. All right, go through the ballot again. Pioneer ballot. Sam Ard, new ballot. A.J. Foyt, new ballot. Banjo Matthews, Herschel McGriff, and Ralph Moody. I got to say Sam, Sam, Sam Ard and... and uh, yeah. Uh, and, and, and Banjo Matthews. You, only gonna say pick, you can only pick one, though. Oh. I was going to say Sam Ard based on just because he was the Xfinity driver until Kyle Busch came in and knocked him off that had the, the most rec wins record, yeah. wasn't he? I believe, or was that uh, somebody else? No, the other guy, I believe that was someone else, but they were already in the Hall of Fame. I can't remember now. Just please help me. What's that? Who drove the 11 car in the... Jack Ingram? Yeah, that's who. I thought that was the all-time Busch series win leader. Or is it no, actually? I thought, or no, Sam Ard was, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I believe right. it was Sam Ard. Yeah, I believe Phil's right. I think it is Sam Ard. I know Jack Ingram was an absolute monster in this series. And I can't remember if it was Kevin Harvick now or Kyle Busch that knocked him off as the winningest. I think it was Kyle Busch, and then Kevin Harvick surpassed Sam. But I, I think it's definitely just based on that and how long that record stood. Uh, that should at least. 
get him a nudge towards it. Yeah, that was that was a very very long held record. I'm fairly certain. Um, but Banjo Matthews was a well 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 respected car builder for a long period of time. He built like all the cars in the series for a while. Like he had special he had specific chassis named after it. Like this is a banjo car. You know what I mean? This like, is a banjo was, seat. This is a banjo seat. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, the, didn't Dale Jr. have a, a banjo seat in that eight car? Yeah, in the in the Nova or something. Yeah, it was a banjo Matthew yep. seat. Like he he was a fabricator, designer, builder for decades in the Cup Series and any pretty much anywhere in NASCAR. Uh, I forget he used to build. They built cars like banjo cars for freaking long period of time. The design is very very similar to what they have now. Like it's basically, it's basically a, a direct. Um, well, not not now with the next gen car, but you know the the previous gen car. Basically, the same basic design was like the catalyst for what evolved into what became that car. So it was like the forerunner. I mean, from nineteen seventy four to nineteen eighty five. Cars built by Banjo Matthews won 262 of the 32 cup races held. Of, of 362. 362. That's 72% win record. In 1978, his cars won all 30 races of the season. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this guy's getting in. Sorry. They call him the Henry Ford of NASCAR race cars. Yeah, he's getting in. Sorry. Uh, He's too you well think, known. You think, I mean, AJ Foyt's a big name, but he wasn't really a big cup name. I mean, he did win the 500. Um, yeah, I mean, but he never won a title. I mean, how many cup wins does he have? It's got to be a decent handful, but like nothing like his IndyCar career. And I don't know if AJ no. Foyt really put a really big stamp on NASCAR racing other than really his spreading his own name. I was going to say, in terms of NASCAR, I would say A.J. Foyt, to me, equates to Carl Edwards, where he won races, people knew he was there, he was successful, but he didn't really, like you said, leave his stamp on the sport. Foyt wasn't a NASCAR guy. He was an IndyCar guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he won a handful of races. How many do you think total? Just seven? Seven races. He won seven cup races in his career. That's it. Jeez, really? That's oh, that's it? Seven races? I know he yeah. didn't really compete in a lot of them. Let's be fair. It was like a handful of races every year. It was very part-time. He's only competed in, like, it says uh, racing reference, 128 races. Yeah, and I believe that. That's not a lot. I mean, the most he ever did was seven in a year. Yeah. So. So I don't really see him necessarily getting in. I mean, just because he's famous, ever? just because he's famous doesn't need doesn't mean he needs to be in the NASCAR yeah. Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? But Motor- it's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Statistics. And what's he famous Michael for? Jordan played baseball, and he doesn't deserve to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Not by any stretch. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, uh, Herschel true. McGriff. I don't know enough about Herschel McGriff. A ton of Winston West races he's won. That's, a ton of them. Yeah, that's what I figured. He was more of a, a, a regional guy. Yeah. And then everybody knows the name Holman Moody. That's Ralph Moody. Should be in um, with John Holman. Sorry, partnerships should be Holman's hyphenated. in, right? Yeah, John Holman's in. Then why the hell isn't Ralph Moody in? Well, John That's... Holman was more of the tech guy. He Moody was more of the businessman. But I you think. need both ends. But you need both ends. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, come on. All right, so who do we give this to? Sam Art or Banjo Matthews? Oh, Banjo. 
Okay, so we'll go with Banjo Matthews. Sam Art will get in eventually, but Banjo, yeah. He'll probably get in next the next time yeah. Sam Art will probably get in. All right, now land, now landmark ballot. I'm going to need a little bit of help here. The landmark ballot? Oh, my God. We got, okay, we only have one new person here. Okay, so landmark ballot. So it's a token ballot or something? I don't know, but here's the names. Janet Guthrie. Okay. Yep. Al- Alvin Hawkins. Can you Google that? Because I have no freaking clue who Alvin Hawkins is. It's supposed to be the Hall of Fame. I shouldn't have to Google <laughs> What is it? Alvin. Alvin Hawkins, like Stephen Hawkins. Alvin as in Alvin and the Chipmunks. Correct. Okay. Who would I what's this? Uh Governors Association? What? NASCAR uh Type in NASCAR next to it and see what happens. Yeah. Again, a, Hall yeah, of Alvin. Fame. Alvin, yeah, see, Alvin Hawkins, written by Russell Fowler. Two minutes to read. Re- reconstruction judge and go to Alvin No, we're done Hawkins. here. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, if we have to Google you, then who the hell's going to vote for you? And we've been NASCAR fans our whole life. Like, ins and outs, all of it. Who the fuck is Alvin Hawkins? I'm seriously going to, somebody's going to call me out on this, I swear to God. Look Does at he the- have brothers named Simon and Theodore? Alvin Hawkins was NASCAR's first flagman, and he attended the 1947 meeting at the Streamline Hotel. Okay. For Tell me more. <laughs> Please. Um, okay, as he looks up Alvin Hawkins, I'm going to go on to the rest of the list. Mike Helton, Lisa France Kennedy, which is another new ballot, Token. And Dr. Joseph Mattioli. Uh, I've heard the name Joseph Mattioli, Dr. Joseph Mattioli. I'm f- yeah, I've heard his. I, I think f- he's like a doctor of sports medicine. I or forget something. what he actually did. Oh, I had it backwards with Ralph Moody. <laughs> what is what is man. the reason for Lisa France Kennedy being there? Because I honestly am not familiar with her. I don't even know whose mm. wife or daughter oh. she is. Dr. Joseph Mattioli was the guy who owned Pocono Raceway. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's. I, I knew I knew the name. I'm like, wait a minute, I know that name. But he died... I'm um, thinking of someone else. I think he yeah, died... Yeah, he died a few years ago. Yeah, he died like in 2012, didn't he? Something like that. Yeah, 2012. Jeez, that was a while ago. He's just now on the ballot, dude? Uh. Says he's three years on the ballot. Oh, he's been on for three years. Well, still, that's like 2019. He died seven or eight years. Oh, is that how long is the uh, period you got to wait before you get in? Ah, eh, you know what? They probably nailed it. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I know he was a pretty. Yuck. Yeah, I don't know who the hell to pick here. Um, it should be Ralph Moody. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've already gone through that part. We already picked Banjo Matthews for that ballot. Oh, we're back to the tokens. Okay. Yeah, so we're back to landmark start. ballot. Did you find anything yeah. on Alvin Hawkins yet? Yeah, he's the flagman. The first flagman. Yeah. Who uh, oh, and, and okay, who, what, and why on Lisa France Kennedy? That's what I want to know. She, yeah, he was the flagman established NASCAR uh, racing at Bowman Gray. Hawkins family continues to operate Bowman Gray. Oh, okay, so he's the Haw- he's the Bowman Gray patriarch, basically. Yeah. 
Okay, the king I, I get ringleader that. of the circus. I know some redneck from that circus is going to absolutely eviscerate me on whatever social media that I'll have to block them on. Yeah, um, whoever. That's, and then that's one of the seven people. Lisa France Kennedy, please let us know why she's on here. Her name is uh, France, and she's a Kennedy. Which, Ben Kennedy, yeah. Sure. Uh, the executive vice chair of NASCAR and one of the most influential women in sports. Kennedy spearheaded the revitalization of our favorite track, Phoenix Raceway. Oh, no, you're not getting on. F you. Okay, we're done here. state-of-the-art Daytona Rising project. That I don't have a problem with, but you are not redeemed. What the hell is Daytona Rising? That's the new Daytona. When they read that Daytona. Daytona, if you haven't been there in person since they've redone that place, oh, my God, is it cool. Yeah, That's it's nice. yeah they revitalized and made it look nice, but that doesn't excuse redoing Phoenix. No, you're off the ballot. Screw <laughs> oh, you. It gets, yeah. it gets yeah, better. No, she lost all the votes for Phoenix. Oh, guys, it gets better. She also helped cement NASCAR's presence in the Midwest with the building of Kansas Speedway. So a complete <laughs> cookie cutter with no physical Two of the most that are different. Why is she on this? All right, so she's off. All right, so Janet Guthrie, why are they trying to make up for how much they screwed her? Um, for what? I'm seriously though not trying to be rude. I don't understand why Lisa is on there other than she's a France. She's a France, and, and, and it she is influential a woman. woman in sports. So she'll win. This is woman sports. Yes. Since NASCAR is, uh, we are all inclusive, and we are not. Yes, yeah. as they are woke, a woman, not a woman will win this people. award. So it'll be down to Janet Guthrie or Lisa France Kennedy. Probably be the France Kennedy. Uh, so what they have J- Janet on there for? Well, she moved from a successful career as an aerospace engineer in the early '60s, trading equations for a wheel, to become the first full-time, uh, become a full-time racer in 1972. Okay, where were the statistics in that? Ah, uh, true pioneer in <laughs> motorsports. She became the first woman to compete in a NASCAR. Cup Series Super Speedway race, where she drove. Well, it was a, Charlotte. I don't know if you can call it that. It's Charlotte is a Super Speedway. She nah. finished fifteenth in the seventy six World Six Hundred. You got to lift it. Ain't a Super Speedway. Uh, anything over a mile is a Super Speedway. Whatever. Brent. And the next year, she piloted cars at the Daytona Five Hundred and the Indianapolis Five Hundred, become the first female to participate in both events. Okay, that. That part. That's pretty awesome. That part. The first to 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 participate in the 500 and the other 500. Yes. That. Okay, we'll give her that. Because there was another. Because there was that a... sucked to do when you were back a woman back then. That sucked. So you know what? I give her a lot of credit. Yeah. The, and the, she wasn't uh... really a bad driver either. Let's be fair. She drove no. a junk equipment. She, she, she was a she true drove, pioneer of women in the she sport, drove, Yeah, she drove shit equipment and placed decently with it and never got chances because she was a woman. And that Having minor sucks. scholastic accolades in a in a last name don't get you in the hall. Well, of fame. if you go I mean, down I'm south sorry, and you have sorry. if you go down south as a woman in a college degree, they'll just think that you're a witch. So, <laughs> witch. I'm surprised they let her in the gate, um, especially because they had laws that said that women weren't allowed in the pits for a long time. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. this is all true. I mean, I mean, the first woman that raced was someone named uh, a woman named Louise Smith, and that was in the 40s. Yeah, and I got to see her car, I think, which was really cool. I think I was in North Carolina, and I saw one of her cars, which was neat. Um, so, and then we all know Mike Helton. No. So, Janet? 
Janet, yeah, I, I, I think Mike will get in eventually. I don't think this is he his year. He, he's probably going to be like, I don't really care. Put me in whenever. Yeah, he won't give a so shit. So Janet, yeah, I think is that that's, our guess? Yeah, that's that's. Uh, yeah, I think actually, that's a solid one. It's actually worthy enough, and uh, it's woke enough. Yeah. Well, if it's not her, it's going to be Lisa France Kennedy. So there's that. There's our Hall of Fame guesses for 2023. All right. We're, we're going to get canceled because somebody's going to interpret us uh, giving Lisa France shit as uh, we're, we're sexist. Well, good, I don't race NASCAR, you, if, so go fuck yourself. If you, yeah. <laughs> if, you have to, if you have to cancel culture people, it means you don't have an argument and you know what? You're a piece of garbage. So. Yes. <laughs> go kill yourself. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, and just wow, don't I said ha- it this week. That. I said it this week. That's that right. was new. That's right. You don't have an argument, so you have to cancel them in order to shut them up. So there <laughs> you have, go. We still have. Hey, a remember, lot kids. Of I I may cuss a lot, but I don't tell you to kill yourself. That's right. And remember, suicide takes courage <laughs> <laughs> and commitment, <laughs> and it takes real commitment. Yes, that's commitment. That's you right. imagine so if you cancel people anyway? Anywho. Why don't we go to the Xfinity Series race? Because I got some opinions on this one. <laughs> All right. Xfinity oh, Series wow, ran it. Mr. Sarcasm, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I love Randy Savage. I was never a wrestling fan, but I have a I have an appreciation for it. I know it's all Oh yeah. I know it's all predetermined, but they still F each other up because look at them all with brain damage. Very competitive person, but I want to tell you something right now. I play to win, and this is not entitled. I mean, look how many of them have brain damage, you know? So anyway. All of them. All of them. If you want to know how fake it was, it is. Go watch last night's uh, match with Stone Cold and Vince McMahon. No, I'm not paying to watch that. I can watch it on Twitter in GIF form afterwards. Uh, yes. <laughs> Ty Gibbs moves his own teammate and wins. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think there was door contact earlier between him and John Hunter Nemechek, and it was really oh, nothing more than hard racing. Eventually, John Hunter Nemechek got back to him and passed him clean, I might add. Absolutely clean, never touched him once. As clean as you could get in that situation, at least. Uh, but the kid came back and at every corner hit Nemechek in the bumper to upset his car. Uh, every single time he got there, washed him out. Uh, and uh, on the last corner of the last lap, just flat drove him up the racetrack and drove by to win. Now, okay, I sat there. Again, if the precedent... Now, we've said it on the show before. The precedent here is if John Hunter punted him at any time or moved him to take the lead, then fair game, right? We all agree on that? If you get punted, you punt back. Yeah, but it it doesn't matter. It's the battle of the of the of the little rich kids. No one cares. They both look alike. But the principle, the principle matters. <laughs> it matters to me because I watched John Hunter Nemechek take forty laps to set up a pass, and even though he made contact initially when he tried the first time, after that forty laps, he didn't gain any advantage from it. Now, if he did. It was literal more than incidental racing contact, but that wasn't the reason why he got by. He got by after making contact and then falling back and then passing him clean, right? So I got something to say, like I always do. I don't think it really matters because you know what? He he knows. We all know who his grandfather is, 
And we nah. all know that it doesn't matter what you do. If he's going to hit his own teammate, he's going to do it because he can get away with it. He knows he can get away with it. He knows He's like, well, why don't you have your own granddaddy by your own race car? What's wrong with you? Why are you <laughs> Why are you driving for someone else? Why don't you have your own? Why doesn't your granddaddy buy you a race car? What is, don't all the granddaddies. Well, we know what's wrong. Don't all and- other grandchildren have granddaddies to buy them race cars? We know what's wrong, but there's a lot of people who question why we get upset when this tor- this type of thing happens, okay? So, there's a reason why people like us get upset with these kinds of moves, and pretty much all of those people have sat behind a steering wheel. Uh, there's a respect that has to exist for racing to be taken seriously, and not simply as, guess what? Sports entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) See what I did there? All right. If there isn't respect on the racetrack, then you see drivers throw safety, concern, equipment, budgets, everything out the window, and racing becomes little more than a demolition derby. When it reaches that stage, it becomes little more than a circus, and the viewing public no longer takes it seriously. The people okay with moving someone for the win without any previous altercation to take into account, obviously. Haven't worked so hard to win a race. And let's be clear, even on a local level, winning's not easy at all. And if you had someone just drive into you and take it all away, how pissed off would you be? People with a, quote, win-at-all-costs attitude have no respect for the effort. They have no respect for their fellow drivers. They have no respect for the sport. Or safety. Or safety. I know I spouted off with a do unto others twice as hard as they've done unto you rhetoric previously on this show, but that's for when you are actually wronged on the racetrack. There's a definitive line to racing contact and getting punted. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's why we're mad. That's why whenever we see this, we hate the kid more. Because you so, don't respect the effort that it takes. John Hunter Nemechek is, we all admit, the rich kid. Not as much as yeah. this other kid. But he took a long time to set the pass up and do it cleanly and properly. However, the person he passed said, I don't like that, and just drove into his back bumper and moved him. So, we're playing music. You should have played it when I actually had the rant going. You're playing it after I'm done. Oh, I thought you were still going on. (laughs) No, I'm pretty much done. No, I'm just pissed because if you're actually in a race car and you understand how to drive a race car and you know what it takes to work that hard, not only do you work on your own car, But the effort that goes into funding it, the effort that goes into maintaining it, the effort that goes into setting it up and learning and doing and driving and risking your own ass to go out there and race for a living and somebody just drives into you, it's like, it's like war, you know? You're moving pieces on a chessboard and you're making all these strategic moves and it's all very intelligent and very difficult and you have to work so hard to figure it out and succeed and then somebody just pushes a button and drops a nuke on your table 
I agree. <laughs> That's bullshit. <Yeah>. I agree. <laughs> I agree. It is. That's why we're mad. That's God why we're damn mad. it. That's why if I ever raced against this kid, I would wreck him every single time I got near him until he stopped doing this. Because then he'll have respect for other people. Because we'll just kick his ass. <laughs> well, I mean, once you can, once you don't have any negative consequences, then if, if it all it then. Like I've already gone on to this with where it, it, every with morality is meaningless. Then you have an empty product, and so that's what nihilism is. It's meaningless. If every if morality is meaningless and life is meaningless, then you have an empty soul and an empty product. I'm sorry. Do you know what they used to do with guys who used to race like this back in the day? Take them out behind a woodshed? No, they'd bury them firewall deep. Firewall deep. And then they'd come back the next week and be like, wow, I guess I uh, shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they would bury them. They, so, wouldn't, they wouldn't take their stupid shit and be like, oh, I can't wreck this car because we're teammates and I need the opportunity. They would bury them. Yeah, but then... <laughs> But then NASCAR would take them both in the trailer, and then one person is going to get away with it, and then the other person has to take it. Well, you got your point across. So you did the entire garage a favor. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And it's really hard when it's your own teammate to do that. Bury him. You can't bury him if it's your own teammate. You're going to get fired from your ride because his granddaddy owns the call. Bury him anyway. Bury him anyway. Quit. Be a man. Die happy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> die on your anyway. feet. Die on your feet. Don't live on your knees. Fallacian granddad. <laughs> we will respect you, John Hunter. If you race a car, that's a start and park for the rest of your life. If you just buried the fucking kid, just bury him. We will all buy your t-shirts and make you a millionaire off of apparel sales. <laughs> I want to bring up something that Jeff Gluck said. Go, go ahead. My man. So Jeff Gluck, well-respected media gonna, personnel. I'm, yeah, but I'm going to have to call Darf on this one. Go for it. He said that all the, no, don't play the damn music, you <laughs> fucker. <laughs> Do it because I don't have one. No, go ahead, go ahead. I, mean, I, I don't have the exact quote, so I'm not going to. I'm just going to paraphrase it a little bit. He basically said that the same people that were mad that Ty Gibbs won because of the way he won were mostly the same people that were happy that, that Ross won the way he won last week. Wrong. That will be this yes. week's DARF comment of the week. Je Jeff For real. Gets the DARF award. Sorry, Jeff. You're catching flack this week. You are going to be in the shrapnel because no. Yeah, no. so, even a guy like Jeff Gluck but, can be a victim of the Dunning Kruger effect. That is amazing. Do you know what the Dunning Kruger effect is? Do you know what the Dunning Kruger effect is? Please elaborate. The Dunning Kruger effect is a cognitive bias. It's a psychology thing. All right, it's where it's where people wrongly overestimate their knowledge or ability in a specific area based on uh, either intellectual or social situations. Really. So this tends to occur because of back of because of a lack of uh, self awareness, and it prevents them from accurately assessing their own skills. Kind of like even when, Jeff Gluck could do that because he thinks he's a race car. No, 
Kind of. Not a race car. Never <laughs> driven a race car before. You don't now, know. Here we go. Because here's my, here, my thing on the whole thing. Go ahead. Let Phil finish. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. There's a difference. Ross passes people cleanly on a regular basis. He doesn't always get to you and right on your bumper, taking the air off your spoiler, knocking you out of the way. Because if he did, we'd probably all know about it. Every goddamn time I see the camera on Ty Gibbs, he's got his nose up someone's ass, knocking him over out of the way, taking the air off. This like, stop it. Kid has no fucking racecraft. So, Jess, a good example of that Dunning Kruger effect would be people who bring their cars to their mechanic and try to diagnose what's wrong with it without knowing what they have. Yeah, you know. Or, is that a good example? That's or? a pretty good example. All right. You know, hey, hey, this is a. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh it a, sounds like a, the muffler bearing's going back. I got a, I got a vibration. You know, we, you got to check the wheel bearing. It's definitely a wheel bearing. And it's just an out of balance tire. And it could be an out of balance tire. <laughs> you know, or or a tire that went out around. You know, it, guys, who, people who self diagnose without diagnose. without and, knowledge. Oh, you're an idiot. Yeah. I'm taking it to my guy who does it cheaper. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's basically it, what in, we're saying. In this case, in this case. Maybe Ty was provoked a little bit because John Hunter did bump him a couple times. But it was side to but side, it was, and it never upset him enough to just wash right, him out. It, it, it was, it was racing side to side, a little bumper bump. It was just short track contact. It, was, it, was, it wasn't It was malicious. I've raced against people who have given way worse than that, and I still thought it was just racing contact. Yeah. It was and really – if somebody – if John Hunter did that to me, I'd be like, oh, we're – racing pretty tight here that's about yeah. it that's all i would think it happens <laughs> i wouldn't think he's trying but to move me out of the way that's just racing ross was very provoked yeah he like got that punted. was aj stuck the car where it didn't belong knocked him up out yep. of the way over the edge of the racetrack and ross retaliated and i have zero problem with that now yep. if a again it, i said it last week if aj didn't do that and he got by him clean I'd call Ross a dirty son of a bitch. But and I would have been completely what... okay if AJ had been able to keep it going straight and got back to Ross and dumped Ross. Yeah, just well, I wouldn't because if you do it and get it back, then you don't do it again because you just got even. But yeah, I mean, I just I can't stand the kid. I really can't. And he's got a really punchable face too, which is really. Uh. He, he's a <laughs> thoroughbred. Of race car drivers. He's bred to do one thing. That's all he knows how to do. And he's hyper-focused on that. And there is he a... never learned how to race. The dirty little secret about racing is, yes, if you have good equipment and good training, you can learn how to be a race car driver. You can yep. learn. A lot of people are just good at it naturally, and they don't need to go through the processes to learn all these things. But you can learn how to be a race car driver. He's my pick for uh, future Todd Marinovich, Jennifer Capriati. Oh, no. Meltdown. Oh, no. We have a better one than that. What, him? Not no. better than him? Verstappen. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, he's yeah. up there, but uh, I think Ty, uh, no. he's at the top of the mountain right now. Ty, he's not up Ty, there yet. Ty Gibbs is at least a level-headed, even though he's a hypocrite and stands on his crutch to... Uh, on his faith as a crutch to justify his actions. Correct. We'll talk about that another time. Uh, he seems like he's a level-headed, well-spoken <laughs> kid. 
It sounds Verstappen is a certified fucking lunatic. Well, yeah, I mean, but he's he at the top his... of the mountain. He won the championship. Can he you changed give me... his number to one. That's like cha- that's like so naming that's... your son a junior. That you you guys didn't <laughs> let me finish. Why Go he ahead. would be? I got to give you reasons for why I think Ty Gibbs is going to then give them crumble. Is I think it, it, when you're an 18 year old kid, you have all this information and you have all this hype and everything. I'm sure you're gonna want to figure out what people think of you and stuff. And I think when he when he goes out there and he thinks, you know, hey, I think I'm doing everything the right way, but I'm getting all this criticism and I'm always and I'm getting all this flack and I'm worrying about so much other stuff. It's gonna put you in a pressure cooker, man. And eventually, it's just gonna break you down and break you down. And uh, eventually, uh, all this engineering of all his racing talent and how he carries himself and what he has to do with his day to day life. Uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be over, praise, yeah, you know, in a little while. Very valid question. Yeah, I have a very valid question. What drug does he get addicted to first? Ooh, that's a good question. When he falls out, that's a good question. What's easily opiates? Something high. It's got to be high dollar. Coke? High dollar? What do you think, Coke or? Heroin. Eight Ooh. ball. Black tar heroin. No, that's street shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's all been taken over by meth. People don't do that anymore. I'm talking heavy, <laughs> heavy, heavy stuff. I'm saying Coke. Yeah. Well, We've seen way too many you know, young Montana. celebrities crash and burn, so we're just kind of waiting for it and predicting uh, I the figured. future. You know what I think is going to happen to the kid? What do you the think? exact same thing that has so far pretty much happened to Eric Jones and to Christopher Bell. Gonna win, 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 win all the way to the top with Gibbs, and then, yep, f- nothing. What did what do they have for cup wins? Completely shit their pants. What do they have for cup wins combined? Three, three or four, I think. Maybe three or four. And, and, and look, I I love Christopher Bell, kid's awesome talent, but he's. The best in the world at stepping on his dick and giving away races too. Mm. And Eric Jones, I just don't understand why he was so so good in trucks and Xfinity, and then just eh. There's always the one series. car at Joe Gibbs that just is like an R and D car and is the throwaway car. It's like Hendrick with the twenty five. There's always one car at Gibbs that's always going to be the throwaway car. Daniel Suarez with the 19 was kind of a throwaway car. And uh think Yeah, he's he's another good example of win-win, well, not really win-win-win, but he won the championship. Yeah. Won some won a couple races, I think, and then and you got to have the big name like like uh Truex and and uh even Truex but Hamlin and Bush in order so, to make something happen if if you're if you're not a big name like that, they don't want to hear from you. They don't want to know what's going on from you. They don't care. You're you're the R and D driver. Shut up and right, what you right now do. At, at Gibbs though, think about this. Kyle Bush was not a Gibbs driver to start. He came from another organization. Yeah, yeah he, he was true. Was not a Gibbs driver to start. Came from another organization. Yeah, but Hamlin was. But I still argue that. Truex and, and Bush would be our better drivers overall than Hamlin. I uh, there's can't, I think I there's something in that, that combine ladder that yeah. that's just these younger drivers are missing. Yeah, 
they don't want to hear. They don't want. To, they don't want to hear anything from the younger driver. They don't give. A, they don't care what he has to say. So they're not going to do anything to make him comfortable. Mm. He's not so, a name. I think it's. I think it's something though in the Gibbs organization because I feel like the the Hendrick drivers that come up are way better, or way. just have a better program. I don't know if it does have a lot to do with the manufacturer backing or is it just team oriented? Team oriented. I'm not sure. I mean, it could be a million They're different too factors too. Yeah. Could even just be as simple as the equipment they get into when they're in cup. Yeah, I think equipment still has a lot to play for it. Um, P.S. Uh, since they went to single lug nuts, I uh, just wanted to remind everybody that uh, pit crews still matter. So we'll move on. Yes. <laughs> People were like, oh, the pit crews aren't going to matter anymore. They did st- you? They still matter. Did you see the report? I, th- I think it was Denny Hamlin's team versus Kevin Harvick's team. Um. Over a seven-stop strategy through the day with the new choreography that the Gibbs teams had for pit stops, uh, their overall combined seven-stop time was one pit stop shorter for Gibbs than Harvick's team was just because of that choreography. That's a like lot three of time. To, three to four tenths per stop or, or something like that. Yeah, but here's the thing. You unveiled it this, this late or this early in the season. Now everybody else is going to do it, and you're not going to have any advantage anymore. You break that out when the time comes, man. <laughs> yeah, they may have shot their wad a little early there. <laughs> now everybody's going to yeah, do it, it was, the next race, or you're yeah. going to be practicing it all week. I mean, it took a long time to, for the the cup teams to catch up to the Wood Brothers back in the 60s. Like, congrats the on the doing, one but, race of advantage you got but, out of uh, it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, every team. Well, I mean... Teams have known about this this choreography for a little while too. They've been talking about it. So, yeah, whatever. But I, I forget how what the difference was total, but it was something close to a, a full pit stop or a half a pit stop worth of time. It was something crazy. And that was Kevin Harvick. Yeah, that could have been easily the, the difference between winning and losing the race. Yeah, see, so could have won that race. Speaking of the Cup Series at Richmond, tire strategy. You said that they had like seven pit stops. But tire strategy was definitely in the name of the game because there was a ton of fall off, and that was nice to see. Um, yes. Again, Richmond can be hit or miss depending on action, but I do like Richmond a lot. Um, but yeah, the teams who pit very late, because I believe Kyle Bush got forced to pit road by a black flag for tape on his grill, which is a new rule this year, apparently, which I didn't know about. Yeah, that's so. That's how they arrow. Part of how they arrow balance the cars is how the air flows through the grill and out the ducts and all that stuff. Oh, like through the air pan and all that stuff. Yep. So you have there's a there's a block off plate you can put in front of the radiator, um, mm-hmm. but that's the only thing you're allowed to do as far as radiator changes. And Every car is got to be exactly yeah, the same. Which you, you can't adjust that per pre or during the race either, can you? No, it changes it. I guess to to change that block off plate is a bunch of work taking covers off and different things. So. Yeah, I didn't think so. So yeah, you can't tape the grill up. But um, William Byron was leading for a while and led late. Uh, they didn't come into pit road; they were just staying out. But when Kyle Busch came to pit road, a bunch of people came to pit road. But apparently, a lot of them actually had the strategy to come to pit road, um, right? And get that shortstop and try to make it back around because of the tire fall off and and basically have the fresher tires at the end. Um, Denny Hamlin was one of those cars. 
I was going to say, let's be fair, too. NASCAR did uh, Kyle Busch a favor because they could have just yeah. DQ'd him after the race. Yeah, they could have. That was an easy That was an easy one. Um, but Denny Hamlin chose that strategy. Apparently, they chose it 100-some-odd laps beforehand and managed to drive by not only his teammate, uh, Farton Truex Jr., Jess. <laughs> Farton Truex. <laughs> And and leader William Byron with almost three laps to go, but he also scored the win. Not done yet. So we just called him the probably least best driver at Gibbs, and he just won. So, <laughs> but that's saying like, nah, forget it. I, it. It's like saying there's three Hall of Famers and one's the least Hall of Famer quality or something. You know, <laughs> that's just not possible. So yeah, he got his first win in a long time. I don't. I think he went winless last year, didn't he? I don't know if he went winless last year. I know Harvick did. Hmm. Uh, I think he might have won one early on in the season last year. Hmm. But he was he was pumped. I haven't seen him that excited to win a race in a long time. Yeah, he got up on the car and everything. I was like, oh, NASCAR used to hate that. Not anymore, I guess. Yeah. They just said, composite. Uh, yeah, it's all composite. It'll bounce right back out. I was, uh, I was really hoping Harvick would get by him. Harvick's uh, lame duck teammate kind of. Cost him a little momentum there in the last couple of laps. <laughs> oh, well. What are you going to do? So, anyway, that'll wrap up the racing content I got for this week. Anybody got anything else? Because I'm pretty much tired of this. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to mention um, there was no Formula One race, Jess. <laughs> Thank God. But the Formula Fuck One... But F1 is coming to the United States three times next year with a new street course at Las Vegas. And uh, Motorsport.com asked, how many DRS zones should a Formula One track have after it announced that there will be four in the Australian Grand Prix set to run four DRS zones? What what time, since that Vegas race is going to be a night race, what time do you think it's going to start? About 1 o'clock in the morning? For us? Yeah. Uh, No, it'll probably start at 10 o'clock and finish after we've already fallen asleep because they don't have any concept of running races for Eastern Standard Time, just Western. Because that's the market they're trying to break into because Las Vegas cares about nothing more than prostitution, drugs, and gambling. Do you think they really care about freaking <laughs> about sports? No. Uh, all Are right. they actually running them down the strip, too? I'd heard like, something about that, that. light tunnel and all that? I heard something about that, and I have no idea. But it doesn't That'd matter. We'll figure it out. Anyway, that's all I got for this week, and nobody else says anything else. I think that's the end of this one. So you can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram at Making Labs Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Labs Podcast, YouTube.com slash Nothing Yet because we aren't on YouTube. And we will be in, uh, I forgot, after the Sizzler, I guess. Whenever he feels like it. Yeah. Uh, You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BrentGleason01. You can find me on YouTube at YouTube.com slash BrentGleason. You can find Phil at... At PJ's Racing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, you can find Jesse somewhere. Also, if you have under us, a rock, yeah. If you have uh, any information that you'd like to give us or feedback or whatever, you can send that to makinglapspodcast at gmail dot com. You can send it voicemail to anchor dot fm slash makinglaps if you want to hear your voice heard on the podcast, and we'll play pretty much anything. So, boy. You gotta answer me at least. 
keep the dreams I don't want to stay all the same. Thank you for listening. Oh no. Do you smell that? Kill it, Jesse, please kill it. It's too long. <laughs> oh, this is gonna end well, won't it? Oh yeah, he finished. Okay, thank you, guys. <laughs> Just please get him away from that. Okay, thank you all for listening. We're done. Bye. This is the worst show ever, I swear to God.